The UC Wellbeing Channel, your portal to a balanced body and mind. Continue your journey at uctv.tv slash wellbeing. Hello, my name is Paul Mills. I'm a professor of family medicine and public health at the University of California, San Diego. And it's my great pleasure today to be sitting here with Dr. Daniel Vicario, a medical oncologist and an integrative oncologist, whom I've heard the, had the pleasure of hearing you speak on the topic of integrative oncology at several national and international conferences. Dan, I know you completed your hematology oncology training at UC San Diego about 25 years or so ago, and you're currently uh, on clinical faculty at the School of Medicine there. I also know that several decades ago, you founded the San Diego Cancer Center, which was located in Encinitas, California, and Vista, California. You served as a medical director there. And also within that center, you created San Diego's first integrative oncology program, which was incredibly novel and which uh, sustained and served thousands of cancer patients since that time. Uh, I've had the pleasure of visiting that cancer center and seeing how it operated and how important a resource it's been to the community. So I'd like to begin by asking how you moved into the area of integrative oncology given your oncology training was more traditional hematology and oncology. Well, first of all, thank you, Paul, for having me here. It really is an honor to have this conversation together and to share so many things that we both learned uh, along the way. Um, so I, I always believed and knew that there was um, something more about healing than just uh, treating a medical condition, that healing goes way beyond a medical issue. So during residency and medical school, while I was very excited about studying the traditional medicine, uh, the Western medicine, which is so exciting, um, I also was interested in looking at different healing modalities and ancient traditions uh, that throughout humanity we know have helped people deal with a lot of different conditions and illnesses. So I had the opportunity to study um, and experience well-known and established and proven healing modalities. Um, and I got to see how it helped people. So through, through residency, um, when I was rotating through oncology, this was 30-plus years ago, we didn't have too many treatments. There was a lot of chemotherapy, and patients got really sick in the hospital. So I thought, what else can we do to support them? And that's when I realized I wanted to become an oncologist during residency. During fellowship, as busy as we are as fellows in, in our training of onco hematology oncology, thought, what else can we do to bring in to the patient? So when I stayed as junior faculty at UCSD Cancer Center, we brought in support groups. We co-created support groups with other practitioners um, and some nutrition programs. And at the time, I was interested in even bringing in acupuncture to the chemotherapy room. That's when I had the opportunity to move to North County and co-create the cancer center, and then we brought in these modalities that we'll be talking about. Oh, excellent. So you're, you started by you're defining a bit what integrative oncology is. So it's bringing into the traditional oncology treatment settings different types of complementary uh, and alternative medicine modalities. You mentioned acupuncture. Right. Can you speak a little more then on what integrative oncology is? Yes. Yeah, so... First, we'll just mention briefly integrative medicine, which is a very well-established uh, specialty. There is um, a well-known Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine known as AIHM. 
that I would encourage people to look at the website. They have their own definition of integrative medicine. There's, throughout the country, there are integrative programs that define integrative medicine. Um, but really, if we talk about integrative oncology, it really is applying integrative medicine in the setting of cancer. So the, the way that I define it would be bringing in together the best that medicine and science have to offer with state-of-the-art healing traditions and evidence-based natural modalities and healing, uh, complementary healing modalities that we know and have been proven to improve the quality of life of cancer patients, decrease their symptoms from cancer, decrease the side effects from the medical therapies, but more important, important, help the patient to be empowered to make decisions for their own listen and look at the options of treatments that can help them have an improved quality of life. And very importantly, co-create with the patient and the family an optimal healing environment. So the patient is in the center and there needs to be an optimal healing environment. That is an incredible vision for the cancer patients. So improving quality of life, empowerment, uh, bringing in the, the social support of the family, then, of course, utilizing some of the integrative modalities right. along the way to, and to serve that, that need. And integrative oncology will, I mentioned, decrease the symptoms of cancer and the treatment. Mm. It will also decrease the doctor visits. It will very likely decrease, well, we know it decreases emergency room visits and hospitalizations. So there is decreased health care costs, which would be nice to be used those savings to be used for more of these healing modalities to expand. Yeah. Um, and it supports the family members, but also integrative oncology focuses on supporting the caregivers in the medical team, which are the doctors, nurses, medical assistants, receptionists, everyone that works together in the cancer center. Mm. Can you give us some examples of um, uh, particularly some complementary modalities right. that you've utilized at your cancer center over the years? Yes. Say for specific examples this yes. modality, this particular diagnosis, supports this outcome. So I'll mention a list of them first, and then I'll, I'll be more specific. But th there's a very long list, and I may forget some of them. But first of all is nutrition. Hmm. Second is the emotional support of the patients and their family members. There's a well-established APOS, it's called American Psychosocial Oncology Society. They have yearly mm -hmm. meetings. They talk about this, and they then show all the scientific data that shows how important the emotional support is for the well-being of the cancer patients. Yes. Then we have some type of exercise, gentle aerobic exercise, yoga. There's a lot to talk about that. Physical therapy when needed. Um, we have also... A topic that is very important is all the botanicals and um, natural and supplements, uh, natural supplements that can be very helpful. Mind-body empowerment techniques, meditation, visualization, guided imagery. Um, there's a, there are a lot of studies, as you well know, that show the benefits of these modalities. Mm. Massage, medical massage. Uh, on, there is a special oncology certification, massage certification. Uh, for masseuse to deal with cancer patients. Um, huh. Acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine. Ayurveda, which is the ancient tradition, goes back thousands of years. Um, and biofield therapies, known as energy medicine. Um, 
There is, of course, art therapy, music therapy, pet therapy, aromatherapy, journaling, biofeedback, humor. There's also something called laughter yoga. And last and not least is a spirituality in cancer. I mean, the power of supporting people through, this is not religion, it's actually what had all the religions have in common that is focusing on spirituality and cancer. That's, that's a long list. Yes. So how do you know uh, which of those to use when and for whom and uh, right. setting so, and so forth? So we were able to, at our cancer center, uh, which I'll mention a little bit later, but we were able to use several of these modalities and encourage the patients to explore and try these modalities and see which one they resonated with. But let's talk about specifically acupuncture. Uh, traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture, there's a lot of data that mm-hmm. demonstrates the, the benefits. It decreases symptoms of cancer, decreases side effects from cancer treatments, it may, improves quality of life, um, and specifically in conditions to be used is nausea vomiting from chemotherapy or from cancer itself. Pain, acupuncture can be very helpful for pain. Vasomotor symptoms like hot flashes in women who are on hormonal therapy mm-hmm. um, and um, then neuropathy is very, very important. Anorexia, low appetite. Mm. Um, so it has a lot of different powerful c- symptoms that can be helped uh, with acupuncture. You know, when I visited the cancer center, uh, some of the patients were receiving acupuncture while, yes. while they were receiving their chemotherapy. So we were able to do that for many years. Uh, in the chemotherapy room, patients would be receiving the chemo and also have acupuncture, sometimes massage, some energy work, meditation. There was pet therapy, art therapy, music therapy. Mm-hmm. So all those things are extremely important and helpful for cancer patients. Yes. How do you work with, say, your non-integrative oncology yes. colleagues? So you might be at your cancer center, you have this integrative program, and some of your patients are coming and going from, say, more traditional centers. Uh, how's that workflow work, uh, the openness from their side to the modalities that you're advocating in right. the treatment regimen? That's a great question. I mean, I, I've had the opportunity over the last 25 years to uh, work as a medical oncologist myself and integrating these modalities as much as I could in the busy life of an oncologist, but to, more important, communicate with my colleagues who are e- excellent oncologists, and they're so busy I know well. I mean, mm-hmm. oncologists can be very busy and catching up with the literature um, that I was able to share with them the data of so many of these healing modalities. And I was able to really um, demonstrate that these modalities are actually, uh, we, we really need to be using them. They're not optional, that it, they should be used. Not so I like mm-hmm. to work with my colleagues, with my oncology colleagues, and support them in understanding the importance of this and giving them some literature um, to just remind them that this is something uh, very important for them to add in their um, Mm. plan. And they don't have to do it themselves, but at least refer to uh, other practitioners. So as an integrative oncologist, which is what I'm doing now, I'm collaborating with my colleagues who are taking care of these patients, and they're so busy and doing such a great job taking care of very complicated patients. And I support their patients and my, the colleagues in, from an integrated perspective. 
Have you uh, noticed a change and hopefully an increase in receptivity to integrative yes. oncologists over the last, say, decade or Very so? Very much so. I've had the pleasure to give presentations uh, mm -hmm. on integrative oncology to a lot of colleagues in different settings and universities. And once they heard, a lot of it they just didn't know. So, and they never had a time to read about it. Uh, so once they realized the importance of these specific modalities, they really embraced it with a passion. Mm -hmm. And um, since you know so many of the providers of the complementary therapies, do you provide those, um, say, as references as resources to your colleagues so they know who to refer to? Yes, yes. Uh, so there are a lot of resources, as, and even online. But yes, I will refer to the, to the oncologist. Mm -hmm. and, and for those oncologists who are still skeptical, I'm reminded that there are innumerable studies. And in the Bible of Oncology, which is the JCO, Journal of Clinical Oncology, there are hundreds of reports of the efficacy of these therapies in randomized studies. So, and, and I remind them that as an integrated oncologist, I would like to support them, their, their patients, and give them a list and an update on what are the things that can be most help, helpful for certain patients in certain situations. And oncologists are worried about safety. So I tell them, yes. you know, these are the modalities that are safe to use in these specific situations. So that's one of the important roles of an integrated oncologist is to figure out a customized plan with a patient of not only what they like and enjoy, but what would be safe and therapeutically effective for their condition. So you've been serving as a, a significant educator of your colleagues over it's, the years in addition an to, to treating your patients. An and honor. I can appreciate what you're saying because all of us in our individual fields, the, the, just the volume of manuscripts published every year. I mean, right now in PubMed, there's over 27 million scientific papers. In our fields, there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. We, we can't keep up with it except for those that are most focused on. So, yes, your colleagues are perhaps focused on safety of therapeutics and yes. the best perceived outcomes. And you're coming in to uh, educate them on this whole other realm of s symptom relief, quality of life, and uh, um, improvement in outcomes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's beautiful. Let's say um, I had a particular cancer or, or friend uh, coming into you, and you can pick one specifically. Uh, that uh, you have found most, say, efficacious to use certain modalities. Can you give us an example? Right. So a woman with breast cancer who, for example, have hot flashes, uh, which is so common and can be so debilitating. Um, acupuncture can be very helpful for hot flashes. Also, there are some uh, botanicals and herbals that are safe to use uh, that can be helpful. So traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, and other traditionals uh, traditions, use some safe botanicals that can improve. Of course, there are pills and pharmaceuticals that can be used, but those also have side effects. So uh, it would be interesting to first try. We need to embrace the pharmaceuticals, of course, the, the medicine that the patients will take, but try also to add these natural modalities that really have no side effects mm -hmm. and can be extremely effective. Mm. So that would be one, breast cancer. Um, so for example, someone that has metastatic cancer and they're debilitated, have pain, have low appetite, we can use a combination of modalities, not only acupuncture, but then using these mind-body techniques, visualization, imagery. Uh, meditation is hard to do, but at least some visualization and guided imagery. Uh, using some 
biofield therapies, energy medicine to help them feel better. Some gentle massage will help them feel better, create some endorphins and um, and also um, specifically for something like that would be for pain would be using some type of biofeedback um, aside from the acupuncture that can help deal with, with pain. And and these modalities again, it, they first is to focus on help on helping the patient, and also those caregivers that really need those who take care of the patients that need a, a lot of support as well. A lot to draw upon, and it all sounds really excellent. You mentioned with your uh, uh, medical oncologist, non-integrative colleagues, the concerns of safety, and you mentioned uh, a few points, uh, different herbals to use. I know some of the earlier literature cited concerns of how some of these herbal remedies might interact with some of the um, cancer therapeutics, chemotherapy, etc. Absolutely. That's fairly well delineated now, and then you, you, you know how to uh, prescribe and work around and yes. avoid so, these. So some of these herbals, botanicals, may be safe even through chemotherapy. Usually they're those that don't have any strong antioxidant properties and have just some gentle uh, symptom management. But for any herbal that potentially can counteract the effect of chemotherapy or radiation. We need to hold those uh, therapies. And that's why I like to work with other practitioners that understand this. So when my patients were undergoing chemotherapy, I would like to work with naturopathic doctors, Chinese medicine doctors, Ayurvedic doctors, who knew the importance of chemotherapy and to avoid using any herbals that could potentially counteract the effect. But we still have a lot to learn. I don't think we have the answers. But some of the herbals we know that are safe, some we know that we cannot use. And those that are in the gray zone, we stay away. I see. Uh, for safety reasons, yes. I think one of the important points you mentioned, it's not only good for the patient and not only good for the patient's family, but also the caregiving team, the yes. oncologist, the nurses, etc. We're all aware of the highly significant rate of burnout in physicians today across yes. the country, more in some specialties than others. How does integrative oncology support the, 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 the physician, the medical team as well? So one of the missions of integrative oncology is uh, nurturing not only the patients, but the caregivers and the medical oh, team. I see. So we do need to nurture the, the, the doctors, the nurses, the medical assistants, phlebotomists, receptionist, administrative staff that are working with the patients because they really feel the pain that the patients are going through. So we need to do things for them. So at our cancer center, we had regular staff meetings where we would do some type of, of meditation or, or silent contemplation, uh, talk about how we were dealing with grief and dealing with sadness, um, even have a little bit of a ritual for honoring those who passed and and just share our our sadness and the crying for the medical staff is important. Yeah. Nurses are good at that, doctors are not because it's very healthy and healing to cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all feel that loss and if we just cover it up and don't deal with it, it comes to a point where we know a lot of doctors are dealing with compassion fatigue and burnout. Yes. Um, so that's part of the we need to create those resources of taking also care of the medical team. Mm. Thank you. That's, that's a huge aspect. I wasn't aware of that aspect of integrative oncology. It's, it's for the, really supporting the entire medical system yes. as, as well as the patient. Yes. 
I think this is very relevant to integrative oncology. You know, sometimes uh, a person learns they have cancer, they receive the diagnosis, and we all react to different types of news differently. Some patients will go into a self-blame. Oh, this was my fault. I did these behaviors and led to it. I didn't do these behaviors to take care of myself. Uh, My emotions. Whatever the source and track of thinking for that particular person, how do you help your patients who might come to you with, with, with this very challenge that you need to help them resolve to then begin to move them through their therapy. Right. right. Well, the first thing is I, I I'm tell them I'm grateful for you to share with me that you've all these emotions, feelings, ideas, and thoughts. But when it talks, anytime there is this guilt, uh, the, I will say, guilt. you know, that is that I can understand it, but it, it's, it's not a helpful belief. Um, I tell them that you know, the past, whatever happened in the past, this is a time to readjust uh, and focus on the present and future. But more importantly, I tell them, um, you know, a lot of people do everything right and they still get cancer. Mm. You know, we have, of course, children with cancer uh, and they haven't, and especially young children, they haven't been exposed to anything that we know of and they develop cancer. Healers who do everything right. If anything, they teach healing modalities. And every day they take wonderful care of themselves, they still get cancer. And we've seen many of those. Um, So the guilt doesn't help. I mean, we can talk about it and explore it. That's why the emotional aspect and support of cancer is so important. There's a phrase I like to say is the emotional trauma of cancer is many times worse than the disease itself. So exploring these different... Uh, thoughts, ideas, emotions that come up are very healthy to discuss them. And then we come up to help the patients find those tools to really embrace more of the empowering beliefs and those disempowering uh, beliefs to just kindly set them aside and focus on, on the ones that are more empowering. Incredible. You're teaching me a lot today. I'm increasingly more inspired by the, uh, really the profound nature of integrative oncology and what it's offering uh, well, people with cancer, as well as all the providers. Thank you. Yes. Before I forget, there is a Society of Integrative Oncology, SIO. So hmm. I would also advise anyone to look into the Society of Integrative Oncology, where they really talk about the research and, and the evidence base of all these modalities. And there are well-established integrative oncology centers throughout the country. Here in California, UCLA and UCSF, have great integrative oncology programs. MD Anderson in Houston, Dana Farber yes. in Boston, and Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York, just to mention a few, have really well-established integrative oncology programs. I think these days it's inevitable that each one of us are going to know someone who gets a diagnosis of cancer. Right. A family member, uh, a good friend, somebody we love and care about. Right. How can we best uh, support them going forward from them receiving the diagnosis guiding them through the sorts of things you've already described and, and really given, given us some answers how to do this. But what kind of advice uh, would, you, would you provide there, to that's us? That's a great question. There's a, a list of things. I'll just mention a few. First is to remind them they really have to take care of themselves. Cancer patients tend to be very loving and care, caring for everyone else. Hmm. So for us to remind them, you know, this is a time to take care of yourself. Let us take care of the rest of the family or friends. This is all about you. And we, the last thing a cancer patient wants is to be told what to do. So we can gently remind them a few things. First, 
you are the center. Please ask for anything you need. We're all here. Your family and friends would be so great, uh, happy to support you and to do from minor things to larger things, to remind them that they have an ability to heal that a lot of times we can't, we don't understand and that we're there with them to support them. If they are on chemotherapy or radiation, we can remind them to embrace chemotherapy as part of their healing journey, to see chemo as almost like healing medicines. Because if they see the chemo and these medicines as healing treatments um, and not as, for example, these toxic medicines, they'll have less side effects, they'll do better through the treatment. Um, uh, and also uh, reminding them that there are other things they can do um, to take care of themselves, talking about these modalities, and help them maybe schedule, if they, they would like to have a massage, schedule that for them. If they would like to do some specific type of gentle exercise to do that for them. The other thing is so important we have to tell them, you need to create your own optimal healing environment. Just hang out with people that make you feel good. For those well-intended family, family members or friends that cause you stress, just kindly set them aside. And as family members, we can somewhat protect our loved one who has cancer and answer the phone for them and you know, try to protect them from others who, who may just cause them stress. So it's all about them. There's a longer list of things we can talk about some other time. But you know well, you do this uh, naturally. I mean, it's being present with them. Just, and there's so much we don't need to say. Um, as they say, um, compassion without words uh, is better than words without compassion. So before we talk to someone with cancer, it's better just to think twice and then just be present, be loving, and supporting them with our empathy and, and our care um, without saying much. Thank you. That was really outstanding. A great resource for, for family and friends and, and cancer patients themselves. Jan, I want to thank you, and I really honor you and all the outstanding work you've done for medical oncology and integrative oncology over the years. And I'll look forward to having you back on the Wellbeing Channel. We can dig deeper be, into some of these honored. other topics. I would be honored.